This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Weetzibat and the We Hunt the Flame duology with mentions of Euphoria, Akasif, The Cruel Prince, and Shatterby. For full list, please see show notes. There are also discussions surrounding abortion and substance abuse. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are celebrating two years of Akafe. We launched our first episode on December 21st, 2020. And here we are two years later. And... uh, it's been two years. It's always so every time we do kind of like a mile marker thing, whether it's like our thankful episode or something like this, it's it's so exciting. And we have yet to like have a book slump. I mean, we have off the podcast where we've learned how to pick ourselves up or like, Laura, you've t- you've given me some great suggestions of, you know, these are the perfect opportunities to do rereads of like comfort things. So how exciting. <laughs> and rereads and comfort things and things like that is is. Exactly the theme, because this year we are doing this episode a little different than how we did it last year. We are, and I say we, Jessica Marie and I, have each chosen an episode that we aired this past year, and we are revisiting and relearning and seeing if maybe something is different. Maybe we have a new perspective, and we don't know the episode oh, yeah. that um, each other has has picked. Like, I, I know my episode and I'm very excited to talk about it. I haven't shared anything about it with Jess and the same with her. And I'm so excited, so excited to get into it. See, this is where we differ because <laughs> <laughs> Laura was like, she's even texted me this morning. She's like, I'm so ready. I have my notes. I'm good to go. And here I am like, I am nowhere near the level of excitement you have. <laughs> I feel like I didn't understand the assignment, which makes no sense because we're the ones who created our own rules and assignments and I've been all over the place. Um, fun fact, I had one episode picked out for weeks because we've come up, we, we were chatting back and forth how we wanted to celebrate our birthday episode. And then a couple days ago, I panicked and I switched it. I had no idea about this. (laughs) Which I didn't know about. Which you didn't know about. And I was still like, I feel like, and then when we were talking on Friday night, I was, that's when you saw the panic where I go, I did not understand the assignment. And that was after I already decided that morning, I know which book I'm going to (laughs) do. And the only thing that Laura said, like, uh, when we were t- discussing which episode we were going to pick was, well, what month is yours going to be in? So I, and this was before I switched to the book. So then I was like, this is my month. And then I realized I go, well, now I have to pick something in the same month. <laughs> it's all over the place. It's all over the place. So what did you pick? So, I, I am just, I am on edge. I'm going to tell you what I originally picked. Okay. And I originally was going to do, um, 
Tales from the Shadowhunter Academy to reflect with everything that we've learned. And then I became so fearful and terrified and realized how codependent I was on you with our shadow hunters learning. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this reread and I'm going to have this whole experience and I'm not going to be able to live text her with all my reactions. And I completely had a meltdown. And then I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to like, maybe I'll just pick a couple novellas because obviously it's, you know, it's like an anthology of multiple novellas. And I was like, well, maybe I'll cherry pick some of the novellas. I was trying to figure out how to, it was not working. And I was having this meltdown. And then Friday morning, I said, you know what? I'm going to pick Wheatsy Bat because we've also had some other similar reads since covering that episode um, and reading that book that I felt like there has been, I don't want to say necessarily shifts, but a lot of things that I found aligned, which made me drive home the understanding. I was like, no wonder this is Laura's shit. Like they're so similar and like in in vibes and feeling and themes. So yeah, that's I picked Tweetsie Bat. Do you want to tell me yours now or you want to <laughs> wait for later? No, I want to save it for later. Te- okay. So Tweetsie Bat, uh, fantastic, fantastic episode that we did. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, Tweetsie Bat, a book by Francesca Leo Block, came out in the late eighties. Uh, Jess, what did what was your like? new perspective here or did you have I don't think I had a new perspective but I think it was just like I saw so many similarities between that particular book and the Daughters of the Moon series that we started all like we've only covered books one through four but we've had an you know we've had an episode for book one and two and we also had an episode on books three and four and aside from like the vibes I just remember like and I also re-listened to the the Weetsy Bat episode, how we just kept discussing. There were these huge themes for a young adult book, abortion, AIDS, polyamorous relationships, homosexual relationships, heterosexual relationships, infidelity, adoption, um, substance abuse with parents, divorce between parents, like all of these. Oh, and then let's not forget like the huge friendship component that drew like that was such a powerful um, force between Wheatsy and Dirk specifically that they kind of overcame everything as long as they had their friendship and the communication between the two of them. And we just kept saying, like, this isn't only 84 pages. This is only like... And then when you look at those same themes in Daughters of the Moon, a lot of those components are there. Both have LA, both have like that euphoria haze, you know, that we were, we kept also emphasizing if we were like, uh, comparing it to media now. It was, again, it was another young adult series, less than 200 pages. And I think it really just drove home, continued to drive home that you don't necessarily, and granted, we love big books. We love thick books. That's not what this is about. But a lot can be said also in the in, in the YA genre and in, in not a lot of pages. So I just found it so interesting to reflect on that a lot of, also like a lot of this stuff was a common theme that we didn't even pick up when we were younger. All I can think of, all I can, like, yes, a thousand percent to everything that you're saying, but all I can think of are those comparisons that are like, um, this somebody could do this but but they couldn't do this like ariana grande could do this 
but this person couldn't do, um, you know, seven rings, something like that. And, and that is the, the vibe that I'm kind of getting from this. And I think what you're saying is a credit to like YA authors in particular too, like knowing their audience, like being able to condense and pack down these messages into shorter books. And granted, <laughs> these books came out so long ago. Like uh, you're talking about Weetzie that came out in the 80s and then Daughters of the Moon, which came out in the 2000s. The first one came out in two. Like, that's what I looked. I think Weetzie was 88 or 89. And then Weetzie was 2000. Or I'm sorry, uh, Daughters of the Moon, the first book was 2000. So even though they were 11 years apart, they still felt very now at the same time, too. But that was something that we reflected when we were discussing Daughters of the Moon, where it didn't feel so as dated that here we are 22 years later reading this YA series and it still felt very relevant. I mean, of course, like, you know, there's loose things that could probably be a little problematic, um, but but the meat was there. Yeah, and the meat is there. And Weetzie in particular is so different and unique. That is, it's such a special little thing because one, uh, we know about it, obviously, and like the listeners know about it, but uh, it's very niche, right? Like it, it doesn't really come up in conversation, but it is so, so special. And Weetzie is a character that you don't really see often. Uh, I mean, you kind of see her now as the Man in Pixie Dream Girl, but but then, no. So just her setting is so magical. So your reread I'm interested. Did you have a different perspective on my secret agent lover man? No, I still no? feel like it was too. I still feel like I, maybe it's because I did the reread. So like pretty recently um, because I read it the first time last year with one perspective. And then I read it again this year with a different perspective, obviously, but like, or maybe it just like more to add. I feel like because it was just so close to the last time I read it, I've haven't, I also haven't had any different lived experiences to add to him specifically. Mm-hmm. But um, unrelated to him, him specifically, you say a quote, and this is just like, uh, like, this is just all credit to you. Um, you say a quote in the first and in, in that Weetzie Bat episode where you said, I wasn't sure if this was something that you'd like because it's totally different from something that you're used to. And that's saying something from going from, you know, contemporary romance and biographies and autobiographies and then shifting to fantasy. And then again, um, you, you know, this is fantasy in a different, like you said, a different niche. And then it just reminded me of like this certain structure that you're like continue to introduce things into my life and like even something for like we always talk about game of thrones and i'm like it's too overwhelming it's been canceled we're not gonna revisit that like i feel like i missed the boat there then house of the dragon comes in and you're like no we're gonna watch it and we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna dip your toes in it we're gonna introduce you and that's it's just another way where where it's like it's okay honey like go in the water's fine and here i am love it like that was my shit every monday morning we were waiting for the like you know TikToks of what would you and you can't go on TikTok before we watch those episodes until we like go and then that'll be its own exploration when we do get to Game of Thrones. Um, but it was the same thing with this book where you're like, 
I don't know, but we're going to give you this little thing. And you're constantly um, helping me expand my mind and my thought and my reading genre and just challenging me. And I appreciate you so much for that. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's very fun. Because what did you say to me earlier when I was... uh uh, doing doing things. Uh, you said that you were in a mood after your third reread of of the Cruel Prince. Yeah, and you were all you were all in a mood about it. You were like romance. I'm not in the mood. I I was I and I even tried again because one of the romance one of the Christina Lauren books came through on the library, um, and I was like, I don't even want like and and we're reading we were reading King of Battle and Blood, and that's also very plot heavy and there's some romance but i had read the first chapter and i was like there's already so much romance like i just want plot i am in i just finished the first my third reread of the cruel prince i want plot i want more i need i need it wasn't even like i want i need nothing was like quenching what i needed and i still haven't figured it out so i put on some music you need you need politics and then, and then and- i need and yeah and so you know and then i just said you know what i'm gonna re-download um the Wicked King. So now I have the Wicked King, King geared up. There you go. You need politics and court intrigue. That that hmm. is that is quite something, and that is a perspective shift too. Did you ever think that you would get there? No, never. I thought it would be something that I. I honestly thought it would be something that I have. I'd have in the background, so it would be romance, like more central, like more yeah, more central, and then slowly get into you know like oh i guess i'll read a couple chapters here and there um outside of what we usually cover for the podcast because we're kind both of us we constantly we're constantly have like a book that we focus on the podcast and then we kind of have like our other stuff and no i'm like no i need something else we need something else give me revolution you know that that is that is amazing that that is such a you can say win because that is such a win for you (laughs) but it's not though it is and i want to say growth because it's i mean it is like growth i mean that's like you know like perspective changing but like it is it is just so fun right it is fun to to um find things that you really like and then to be able to revisit things that you know that you like and look at them through a new lens. And I, I really think that that's a, a big part of what we do uh, when we do our movies and things, too. So it's, it's just been it's very fun. It's very fun. And it's like we even like one of the things how we one of the premises of when we started the podcast was revisiting the things that we loved growing up and revisiting them through different lenses and how things that that we've even discussed pre podcast that we were reading in t- early 2020 and then revisiting those things with new lived experiences and within the last three years, that becomes just as, you know, eye opening for, for some people too. I think so. I think so. Oh my gosh. Do you, do you want me to go? You want me please, to go? Please, please. I've been waiting and we haven't okay. told me anything. Okay. So I have chosen We Hunt the Flame. <gasps> yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't, you said it wasn't anywhere close. So I, I was wondering if it was going to be that one or um, one of Roseanne Brown's. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but I remember saying on our episodes that uh, we free or we hunt the flame and like we free the star. All all of those um, didn't quite hit for us, right? Like it, it, everyone loves it, and it was like fine, but it didn't move us. 
is pretty much what we said in our episodes. And then I went through and I listened to this with like my full chest, right? Like I, I, I listened to this with my full chest. I took my time and I really focused because I want to know. I want to know. And I figured it out. I mean, I figured it out. No, I, I actually took the time enough to, to, to listen and to really understand the character growth with Nasir and Zafira and their relationship. And I appreciate their slow burn so much more. So much more. Do you feel like you appreciated it more because you had a grasp at what the story was this time? Um, no. No, no. Because my frustrations with him, with Nasir, have were always the same. Where it was just like, speak. Just speak. But... Taking the time f- now and like really listening, um, he couldn't. Like he had been told not to for so long that it was so hard for him to find his own voice. And he does by the end, um, very much so. And that character growth for him and him not being able to speak or not um, voicing, you know, his love for Zafira in those moments were his own form of like, like torture, like, cause he, he wanted to, and he just like, couldn't cause he was like working through his own trauma. And I just really appreciated that so much more, uh, to the extent that kind of in the beginning of the book, when, um, uh, uh, Nasir goes and he sees, uh, Zafira, I think in one of their tents and they are standing, uh, toe tip to toe tip. And it was just like a very intimate detail. And it got, I, I paused it and I was like, how many times have I stood toe tip to toe tip, barefoot, barefoot, first of all, but then toe tip, toe tip next to a man, like not very many. It's a very special kind of like situation and like relationship, you know, like you're not just, I, I, especially for them, like they're not just casually doing that. So it was, it was very special and it really stood out for me. Um, so there, there, uh, my note says their intense slow burn just really opened my eyes to this, um, beauty of their relationship that I was frustrated with the first time. And I remember when we recorded that episode, you even had said, you were like, Nasir, what you, you have these beautiful words. Just, yeah. I mean, you said that you have these beautiful words, just speak, just say something, communicate because I, you know, we know as like just you and I and like our listeners, the miscommunication trope is one of like, you're one of your top five most frustrating tropes that you do not care for. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I just I I love this I love this um I I just ha- I just have some like some little notes I just want to like yeah no word vomit please because okay. I that way I'm like wait because like at what point because it's like you had a deeper appreciation now I do have a question did you you kept saying like you were listed you reread it through the audio because I do remember at one point we were discussing like maybe a reread needs to happen through the physical form because maybe there's not something that we were picking up through audio but it clearly seems that. That you just needed another like read through audio audio yeah I, I did audio and I did I just needed another reread through audio 
knowing, um, you know, reread, this is why we reflect and learn and grow. This is why we do all these things. Knowing that the story is what it is, I knew that I needed to be slow and that I could focus on things because I, I like knew like the brackets and stuff. But if, if I were just like going in again, I would still have these feelings. It's kind of like uh, we, when we were talking about a book that we, we recorded a book and in that episode, I said that I had to read it several times. I had to look at the calendar. Uh, I had to read that book several times before I actually uh, fully understood it and really enjoyed it. So like now that I have reread this story, I am really able to appreciate it more. And it only took like two, like another reread for me to appreciate it a little bit more, as opposed to this other book um, with episodes coming out in the future where it took like four plus. Um, but the another thing that really, really stood out for me here in We Hunt the Flame is Zephira being completely and utterly just lost, 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 lost after the hours is gone, like, and magic and like her internal compass is gone. She has no purpose. Her mom dies. Dean is dead. Yasmin is like really pissed off at her. And she has this like guilt about um, Dean dying. And she's, you know, weird with Nasir and uh, her uh, Zumra is like all kind of all over there. But she, she doesn't know who to be anymore with the forest gone and her identity was being a hunter and she feels utterly alone. And I was able to appreciate that a lot more because I wasn't so focused on the drilling in of they're a found family, they're a found family, they're a found family. I was able to filter that out because Zafira is having her own battle that they acknowledge and like help her with but for a little bit of time like they ignore now and i can't and i don't i maybe i just don't remember they obviously have their little troop that's kind of going on this adventure with them do they consider themselves found family because i just don't remember really feeling the like they considered themselves a found family yeah but i feel like we didn't consider them a found family yeah they they considered themselves a found family. And again, during this reread, I was able to kind of understand a little bit more why they feel that way um, with Kifa and Altair and, you know, all of that. Um, the found family did kind of like, you know, I, I, I got it a little bit more. But because, oh, my eyelashes bothering me. But because half of them are talking about found family, the fact that Zafira feels so alone, so completely and utterly alone, um, that she she ends up not feeling that bad about blood bonding herself to the Jawarat because she's not alone. She has like a voice with her always. Uh, and so when Yasmin says like, shut up, stop complaining, you have the love of a prince, you live in the palace, you save the world, like, um, you know, get over it. Like, my husband's dead, my parents are dead, like, my family is dead, my town is gone. I'm the one. And now my husband's murderer is now emperor or, like, king. Like, I'm the one that it all went to shit. Like, you, 
shut the fuck up. And it, I did appreciate um, their friendship also a little bit more, too, because I was less annoyed about the trajectory and pacing of the actual story because I already knew where it was going. I feel like that happens with some of the rereads that we've had in general where you're not so on edge of where it's going to go. Then you can just go back. And, and I mean, you have that advantage a lot, too, because you read it at a different pace than I do. Because you'll, I'm like, oh, I'll be wrapping up like seconds before we start recording. And you're like, that's great. I'm on my third almost. <laughs> so I feel like you get to, not only do you get to enjoy it more, now you get to just, you get to have it, have more fun with it. And like you said, you're like, I know where it's going. I'm not like trying to make speculations or guess or like be like, oh, I was right. Like you just, ha- like you said, you have this, this whole, you know, you get to appreciate it even more. And I also appreciated too, uh, like Zephira, Zephira makes mistakes, right? She gives the Jawarat to the Lion of the Night. She screws up a few times, but she and the, and the Jawarat in several instances want to try to earn the trust back of the group, right? And I, I really felt bad for her in those moments. She's like, no, I can do it. I can do it on my own. And then, then they'll trust me, like, cause I want them to trust me and they don't because they think that I'm kind of crazy. But she's saying all of this out loud when she's holding the book because she's used to the voices and like talking to herself. And I, it just, the, the empathy was really there for her. Uh, this reread because I wasn't so frustrated again with everything. And then um, it made me love Nasir when he does start talking because he is this poet, right? So when he does start talking, he has fantastic lines. I wrote one of them down. Uh, he is crying at the very end. There's like this hot tear that comes out of his eye. And Zephyr's like, why are you crying? And he's like, because my heart can no longer contain it. So like he's he's finally like not able to contain his emotions anymore and he doesn't have to bottle everything up inside. He can finally speak and feel and be uh and 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 experience contentment because that was something that he was always like worried about before. And that ending was so satisfying where before I was just like ooh I'm so happy that you had like this whole different take. I mean, and that's something that's wonderful. But again, revisiting it because you you went from like, whatever, like another day, another dollar kind of thing onto the next. And now you're like, this is now you're seeing like where how some people were impacted on the first time. Yeah. And I have two specific points that are just so, so, so very much us on the podcast that I I'm interested in uh, your take from it and like how you kind of feel about it too, because I know it made me feel a certain way. So the first one and is something that we have talked about before. And I believe in um, Storms in Silence, but um, Altair and Nasir are talking about like, you know, their powers are like darkness and light, you know, all these things. And um, they're talking about their group and their group, is um, their found family has come together and now they're splitting up because the the like threat to the immediate threat is over, so they're they're splitting up and um, they're saying like, isn't it funny how like the darkness brought us all together, but now the light is what is pulling us apart and like dividing us, and 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 also in Priory, 
um, Priory, that is a big theme. Like the big evil unites the world. Like what will you do when the big evil isn't there to unite Mm. anymore? You all kind of drift and like fall apart. And that was brought up here. And I totally just like went over my head and like missed me the first go around. Yeah, I don't. That's why I was like looking at you so confused. But I understand the theme. But that kind of goes with like conversations where we've had we've spoken about with like trauma bonding. You know, Mm -hmm. trauma bonding is a great example. You that that thing, that trauma solidifies the relationship. What happens when you realize there's nothing else there or there might not be anything else there? Yeah. So it's just it. I loved it. I loved seeing and like noticing it. This, oh, it was great. Now, this, and I know you, I know you will just have thoughts and opinions on this. And we, I think we discussed it uh, the first time around, but still, I do want to bring it up again. So, Dean is in love with Zafira. Zafira knows it. She knows it. But she does not love him that way. And he knows that too. Ultimately, Dean is the guy from the beginning who really liked her. Her hometown like, boy. Yeah, her hometown boy. And then, and remember, we read this at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, oh, don't worry. I'll be back. Like, love you. Bye. And <laughs> dips. And then he dies. He goes with her. Oh, he goes with her. But he does. And then eventually he dies. dies. Yeah. He dies, like, kind of right away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she has to, and Altair kills him. And she has to, like, live with that guilt that he, like, followed her. Because he, like, jumps in front of an arrow for her. Like, he, uh-huh. you know, he's the one that, like, saves her. Uh, and it's this whole thing. So, 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 so. When, when Zafira finally, like, reunites with Yasmin and she, they finally have it out. They finally have it out. And, and Zafira says, like, I could not love him the way that he loved me. That's, like, not my fault. You cannot be angry at me for that. Like, I, I can't help that. Um, you know, just, like, he couldn't help it either. He, you know, it's, like, it's, you know, one of those things. And and then just, like, immediately after they have that conversation, Yasmin sees the way that Nasir is, like, looking at Zafira. And she's, like, connecting all of the dots. And Nasir walks out of the room. And Yasmin is, like, I wrote it. She's, like... You know, you didn't love Dean, my sweet Dean, but you love a monster. You love a murderer. You'd rather have this horrible, like, evil person uh, rather than, like, my sweet, perfect brother who followed you out into the wilderness and sacrificed himself for you. Like, how can you be like this? You must be a monster, too. It was just like, whoa. Thoughts. I remember the conversation but I didn't remember she was. Ca- I don't. I didn't remember Yasmin was calling her a monster. I remember her calling him a monster because I feel like that was like one of the highlighted notes that we brought up. I didn't remember that part of the fallout where she was like, "Well, like pot kettle." If that's yeah. what's happening, yeah, she calls um, her a murderer too. I feel like it came from a place of hurt, you know, her like in grieving, you know. Um, but it's it, I feel bad, not for Yasmin. Well, in a way, yes. But like here, I'm I'm sure like she's already also internalizing those own thoughts about herself too, right? To be like feeling some sort of way towards Nasir. 
I, probably. I'm not worried about Yasmin. I'm worried about like why society thinks that it's okay that to judge a woman for this, right? Like it is okay that Zafira didn't love Dean. Like, oh yeah, that I thought you were talking about uh, I, what I, I I was talking about Zafira um, internalizing that. Oh yeah, like saying like yeah. so having your like you know when somebody else reiterates your worst thoughts, you're like even though you sometimes you think it's just your internal thoughts, but then when somebody else says it out loud too, you're like oh well I, it was okay for me to think that about myself, but like so Fuck you can say that out you loud. aren't supposed to say that out loud. Yeah, that's where I thought. But sorry, continue your conversation. Sorry. Or but like, continue your point. And then, and then she just like completely vilifies her. Uh, Yasmin completely vilifies, um, Zafira for not loving her brother that way. But like, that isn't talked about a lot. That's why I'm bringing it up. Like, you don't get a lot of instances of that being like, I just don't love him that way. Right. What, what usually happens is then that person, um, that is rejected, like goes on a violent like spree, right? Right, like that's that's where I was gonna, I was gonna say it's like when, and I'm using air quotes. Please note when I'm saying this. Oh, um, nice guys finish last, and when I'm such a nice guy, blah blah blah. Why don't you like me? Got just because, uh, and and you know I'm on single talk, you know here and there when it scrolls on my page, but it's the conversation of. How, if you're single, I should, you are entitled to my, there's this perception that you are entitled to my attention. And how, if I'm single, then how I I should be giving, not only should I be giving you attention, but if I reject you because I don't want, I just don't want it, that's, that's shit on also a lot. And I see where you're going with that conversation. I see where you're going from. Like, if if you're single, then like you automatically should be throwing yourselves at a way or like anybody who's available or shows attention your way, which is essentially what's happening here. Like, but he's nice. Like, why don't you like him? It doesn't work like that. Oh, I'm single. You're single now. Kiss. No. Yeah. It's like, he's so nice. Why don't you like him? Oh, you want, you want the bad boy instead? Well, then there's something wrong with you. Like you're, there's something totally wrong with you. Oh, what is it? Oh, you're you're a murderer. Like, because that's what that's what Yasmin says. Like, you're a murderer. So that's why. That's why my brother wasn't good enough for you because you're a murderer. So you can go ahead and like be with your your like murderer, your boyfriend, because you belong with each other, but not with my perfect my perfect brother. <sighs> your face. I'm just so like I'm looking at their friendship so differently now that you're saying that. The, yeah, like because yeah. I remember when they had the the falling. I don't think it was Yasmin. It was somebody else in the second book. Where I remember I was praising it, and she and it was they had a falling out. They called each other out on their bullshit, and then they like made their relationship stronger. But it must not have been Yasmin because I I'm I feel like I'm such a terrible friend because if somebody's calling me a murderer and saying all these awful things. Like, do you really think about that? If you think that of me, then maybe we shouldn't continue the friendship, you know? Like, and there's yeah. still friends at the end of the duology. Yeah. And that goes to what you were saying earlier about Zephyr having that own, like, internalized guilt. So she's like, yeah, yeah, probably. So they're able to, like, work past it, right? Like, because she, she already has that, like, uh, it, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Um, but in that same vein, 
Um, Yasmin says, like, I don't need a man to complete me. I don't need a man for happiness. This is at the end. Like, I don't need anyone for happiness. I can be happy on my own. And I want to learn how to be happy on my own. And I do appreciate that. Yasmin says that. I thought Zafira said that. I thought oh, no, Yasmin. Yasmin. Oh. Um, Zafira. You bring that up. Uh, Zafira does the thing that we love and praise on Akafe which is bigger picture, fulfill yeah. your obligations. Um, she like dumps Nasir at the, at the near end almost essentially. And she goes off and she makes sure that the daughter can, um, you know, take her throne and like work internally so that women can take the throne. Cause you know, we love that. Uh, but she does, um, Zafira does come back to Nasir and they do get married and they have a whole, yeah, that happens in the second book, right? Yeah. 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 It's so good. So good. So good. Uh, so I, I really, 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 I'm going to say it again, really appreciated this book for the the second time. The last thing that I will say about this is that I will always appreciate the Lion of the Night and his story arc of being bullied, wanting revenge, getting revenge but also forgetting why he wanted it in the first place and going on just like a base instinct of like, no, I need to do this, but forgetting the whole reason behind it. Uh, I think that is really lovely and something that you don't see a lot in stories. No, because then he's at that point, he's just driven by revenge for revenge's sake. Like, yeah. He's like, I know this is important. I know I'm so I'm, I'm seeking out revenge, but I can't remember why, but it fuels me. Yeah, but it fuels me. And, you know, if there was just men, right? Men. They, they would. Women are so emotional. Women are so emotional, but men, <laughs> but m- men will, you know, nurse a revenge plot for like, what, 200? It was a very long time. See, at least with women, like if we have a revenge plot, there's sometimes revenge is a dish best served cold as much as you don't want it sometimes and you want it instantaneous but we won't forget Mm -hmm. we'll we'll carry that with us yes so that that is my little my little reflection that i did would you say that that was your favorite book that we covered an episode on this past year uh no no, We Free the Stars is not... So, We Hunt the Flame. I'm focusing on We Free the Stars. Uh, we Free the Stars is not um, my favorite book that we covered this year. No, I, I have I have two. Mm-hmm. Uh, two books that we covered this year that are my favorite. One will surprise you. One will not. Do you want to guess? No. I'm no? Really bad at, I'm really no? bad. Can, can, no, I'm just bad at guessing and I don't like being wrong. <laughs> Oh, that's totally fair, and I completely respect that. So I will just tell you because <laughs> I'm just going to be guessing. I was like, "Well, fuck." No, I totally understand. I will just tell you then because I will take that. I will take that away from you. I'll take that plate from you. Uh, my f- two favorite books that we covered this year: the uh, Oleander Sword. I, okay, I yeah, was wondering. See? I did look at that, and I was like, it's, "I wonder if it will be either the Jasmine Throne or the Oleander Sword." Okay, yeah. so absolutely the Oleander Sword for all of the reasons that we have always discussed about the Oleander Sword. It's wonderful. It's perfect. It's just a wonderful, fantastic story. Uh, the 
second, the second uh, book that we covered this year that was my favorite that will surprise you, and the reason it will surprise you too, is uh, Shatter Me. Okay, I am surprised. See, I knew you would be. So Shatter Me, the book or the series? I would say the series as a whole, but since we're doing books, so it would have to be the first one because that's like the jumping off the, point. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but it would be Shatter Me because I really... There's there's a whole thing behind this. It's because I really was able to enjoy the feeling of being sucked into like mid YA literature uh, because I was able to read it very fast and I was mm-hmm. like really engaged in the story and I wanted to know where it was going next. And like I was interested in the characters to a point until they got annoying. Uh, it, you can listen to our Shadow Me um, <laughs> Two, no, we've two, only, two yeah. through four episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> but gosh. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I really enjoyed being able to have access to a series of books that are not top tier, but very fun, easy to read that you can read quickly that are all out. So you can immediately yeah. just like blow through them and then talk about them. And it was very fun to be able to appreciate the jokes of the fandom because they're i'm not tooting my own horn i am not tooting but i am in or aware of a lot of fandoms just just like you are so we are able to interact and experience jokes from fandoms that we may not be in all the way because we are in like the fandom circle of things, right? Because, like, yeah. it's a Venn diagram. It's very flowy. So I was able to appreciate these little jokes and things with Shatter Me that I was not able to before. And it was fun. It was fun. And I have not had... Ow, I hit my... I hurt my finger. and <laughs> I just bumped it. Um, I have not had that feeling before of reading, like, very quickly, like, literature like that. Um, I'm going to say, since Harry Potter, it's not the same feeling. It's not the same feeling <laughs> because my Harry Potter feelings are very different from my shattery feelings. <laughs> These are the feelings I get in my heart. Those are two very different things. Um, but the the quickly reading through and then being a part of something a lot bigger than I am and being able to talk to people about it, um, that, that was that feeling. And... Um, I'm very excited that you were able to bring that to me this year. So thank you. Of course. Now, I'm so glad that you had fun with it. I remember you were like, I don't know. And you just, you the, they do, you, especially in audio capacity. And you could still like amp up the speed and you could still understand that what everything's being said. Um, that's so fun because you could really fly by. And I mean, I know you said you're not going to read the novellas, but they are there for <laughs> if listeners do what novellas are there. It's an audio, like every novella has an audio. I think I read most of mine through the library. So, um, if not all of mine. So, um, oh, yay. So fun. Yeah. Tell me plus, yours. like Harry, Harry Potter is also really hefty. Okay. So one I think is going to seem predictable. But not in the way that I think you'll know, not in the way anybody who's listening to this episode would think. Um, I'm going to say Crescent City, Sky and Breath. 
And I say it was my favorite read because I learned some things about myself through that read. Um, and it, and I say it was my favorite read, not because I thought it was like the best book. Um, we have a whole initial, you know, an initial reactions episode. We'll be revisiting it again in the future. But Laura knows, um, I was very upset with the book. I cried and I am a crier in the sense of if I'm mad, I cry. If I'm frustrated, <laughs> I cry. And it was, you know, if I'm happy, I cry. If I, I was fresh. There were parts of the book that I was so frustrated about that I would like send you voice memos and cry. And I learned new things about myself. Um, and I think I had to focus on different things in the book in order for me to enjoy it. And a lot of that was like the Rune Lydia stuff or the other plot lines or stuff with like the frat pack. Um, cause like we've always loved them since like we started reading the book in 2020. Um, but I had to focus on the good of that book because the frustrating stuff that happened with Bryce and where her character was going was just something that I wasn't familiar with, with Sarah's, with Sarah's books thus far. Um, and it was, it was a different experience for me. I, we've have, we have some of our past episodes where I've loved every single book and one way or the other, even if like, Akasif might not have been for me, but I enjoyed it. You know, it was fine. I didn't completely like, I'm not shitting on it, but it was the first time where I wasn't on this like crazy high. And I think that's what I, I liked. That's why I'm saying it's like one of my favorite reads because I pulled so much out of it. And even the stuff that I pulled out, Laura and I have had private conversations. It's not like on the record. So I would want to say that. Um, and to follow up with that, I think one of my favorite reads was The Demon Tide, because it kind of also coincides with this, where we did say there were things that Ella, where sometimes, the, and Laura and I had a private conversation, where we kind of said there were some things that Ellerin did that were very similar to Bryce, but Ellerin maybe executed it a little bit stronger. Um, so, and, and we read those books back to back we finished the demon tide and then uh hostab came out day, like two days apart and i well i'll take that back we had we received an arc of the demon tide and the way we finished the arc hostab came out two days later um so yeah i loved the demon tide i think it was so applicable to pass to the present to the future regarding politics regarding society and i still believe that if anybody read the Black Witch Chronicles, if you're not applying it to society today, then where where are you living? Where do you reside? Because it must be nice to be that ignorant in the world around you. Say it louder. Say it louder. <laughs> uh, I, I want to circle back to you saying, Hosab. Maybe we should cut this whole part out. I know. No, no. <laughs> I, I know, and you know, we know, we know that each other knows. Uh, so people love that book people for a lot of reasons. Mostly, I feel, in my opinion, people love that book because of the ending. And they love that book for the, the potential. Not the last chapter, the second to last yeah, chapter. They love that book for the potential 
that it is giving us. It's giving us just huge world, you know, crossover potential. So you get excited by the end, right? Yes, but I had a different thought. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Please do your thought. Oh, no, I was going to say it's like when people are dating in new relationships and then they tell you, don't get excited of the potential of somebody or the potential of what somebody can be. You have to take things at face value, because if you get wrapped up into the potential of someone, that's where your expectations start to falter. And the only person who will be disappointed in the expectations is yourself. Genius. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. But that's the truth, isn't it? Like. You are in love with the potential that you see and what, but if you looked harder, what you actually see is mid. <laughs> like, think about if you're doing a final and you're, and you're like, oh my God, you know, if you don't get the first question, you skip it. You don't get the second question, you skip it. And then you start, you start answering the questions that you definitely do know. By the end of the exam, you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Cause you know, you got every, like the last three questions, right? And then you're like, oh, yeah, it wasn't that hard. It wasn't that hard when you're like talking about it, the exam after class. And because you're remembering how strong, oh, I, I nailed that final essay. Oh, I definitely got that last question right. You're riding on that high. Like you said, if you reflect the whole thing, probably that exam probably kicked your ass because otherwise you weren't going to get that first question. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and that, that, that's just like a great point. Also, uh, and I do want to shout out to Julia Whalen and Elizabeth Evans, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Lizzie for her sab. Yep. For those books. The narrators for those books. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the potential of books is, I think, something that we will have to revisit because we have said that now a few times about things where uh, it just boils down to we love the the concept and we love where it could go and it doesn't go there and it makes us just hate it that much more. Um, so I think I think analyzing the potential of things that are just not great is a really fun way to learn something about yourself because like just what what did you like take away from that like you you were finally like disappointed like you can say like you were disappointed yeah i was disappointed and i feel like we're gonna get attacked for it which is not my intention mm -hmm. i mean i if you follow me on tiktok you know i love crescent city you know i know bryce to my core um so I don't know if there's like a self-insert. Maybe that was like part of the things that I've learned. And I know I've shared with you and I know we've spoken to Kevin in one of our episodes or maybe it was just like in private um, where I was like, am I putting too much into what we're, I'm reading because I'm self-inserting? And that was something that I, you know, I think I learned through this read too, to say like, okay, well, what if I didn't self-insert? Am I happy who this character is? Because I, at one point I even said, I'm dis I told you not on the episode. I go, I feel so disappointed in myself right now. Yeah. I and remember. like, her, yeah. And like, and her, and some of her decisions and her reactions. And I mean, even now I asked you something recently and I go, I don't want to pull a Bryce and do da 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 da. So I want to ask this of you before I even cross or step on any toes or cross any boundaries. I have a question. Yeah. My question would be. <laughs> 
And I'm always scared because I know what we didn't, we don't prepare for these. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and this is just like a broad question. So obviously this episode is coming out on December 21st. We know this, we know this, we know this. Um, but do you have any reads coming out next year that you are like super excited for? Crescent City 3. There you go. I'm ex- I'm everything I just said now, please just know that I'm still so excited for Crescent City 3. I'm terrified about what's going to happen with Akatar and Nulu. Um I'm I feel like those are the only two that are like immediately on my radar. Not to say like we know we have a whole calendar of like the books that we're excited for. Um I want to see where like Samantha Shannon's prequel of Priory goes. I'm really like excited about that. But I feel like it almost feels like everybody's kind of in a lull. I, I don't know. I mean, people are pumping out books so much. I'm excited to start tackling the last hours. I know some of the books are old and there's a new release coming out in January, but we haven't tackled them. And I just, all I know is the excitement that comes with shadow hunters and Easter eggs and People are connected, and I don't know how everything's involved. Um, that I'm excited about. What about you? Uh, definitely, definitely uh, the last hours. Chain of gold, chain of iron, chain of chain, chain of something. Chain, chain of thorns, chain of thorns, chain of something. Chain uh, of gold is the first one. That's the one we just got personalized. Yes. Uh, so yes, chain of thorns. Very excited for chain of thorns. The stolen heir, Samantha Shannon's priory. Um, and I selfishly, uh, have access to our calendar and I am very excited for, um, upcoming, upcoming things that we are covering next year. Um, including, I'll just drop two of my favorites, uh, the city of brass and house of hollow. I'm yes, very you, excited. Oh, wait, I'm so, you've been talking of i'm excited i completely forgot that we we're gonna i didn't forget that we we're gonna be covering house of harlow where it's just fitting i mean when we tell you we plan we already know next december so <laughs> if that tells you where we are with our planning um we're excited it's fun um and th- there and there's people that we know that are releasing new books too like we get to find like we get to we're like, oh, yes, another one. Because, you you know, you, you always want to support the people that you work with and you care about and you're excited for them. I mean, that's the whole point of this community is to, like, be excited for each other and not be, you know, Debbie Downers with everything. And there is so much to look forward to. And I am very excited to reflect next year on all of the wonderful things that we will do in our future. Yes, absolutely. And good point about like bringing it up that we'll reflect next year because going through this now, I'm like, oh, this isn't this isn't terrible. I really thought I misunderstood the assignment. Not at all. Not at all. And never. We made the rules. I know, which is why I can't get that past my head. I made my own rules and I can't break them. Like all of a sudden, I mean, very earth sign of me. So but thanks for joining us again for another year. Thanks for celebrating. Um, feel f- feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And thanks so much for joining. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.